Hey love, what is up? Welcome to the Free and Well podcast. So excited that you're here and I can't wait to share today's interview with you. So today's episode is for you if you really struggle with consistency in your either diet, nutrition, or your exercise. So if you struggle with consistency, I really feel like this episode is going to be helpful for you. And if you're curious about that connection between nutrition and exercise and your mental health, and really some simple ways that you can start improving your nutrition and exercise and really using those to improve your mental and emotional health, this episode is definitely for you. So my guest today is Stephanie Hodges. She has a master's degree in nutrition and exercise science. She's super passionate about restoring wellness and health to the spirit, soul, and body. She lives near Austin, Texas with her husband and her three kids. She's a freelance writer, author of the book, The Daniel Fast Journey, and she blogs at danielfastjourney.com. And I actually had her on the podcast. I think we were talking about this, that it's been maybe, maybe a year or so. And Stephanie just has so much wisdom and I appreciate so much that she is a believer and also is so passionate about healing, wellness, physical health. And I'm just so excited to share the wisdom that she has on how we really can use nutrition and exercise to improve our mental health and really our life in general. So, so excited to share this with you. I hope you enjoy. Hey, sweet friend, welcome to the Free and Well podcast. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Devani. I'm a therapist, a life coach, and a facilitator of powerful personal growth workshops. This show is a space for ambitious women who have huge hearts, who are always giving and serving others. I take a real talk, practical approach to helping you start being authentically and freely you through mental wellness and faith. So you'll hear about topics like self-acceptance, self-compassion, intentional action taking, and habit creation. If you're ready to start letting yourself be seen and heard and to start being authentically you, you are in the right place, my friend. My hope is that every episode, you'll walk away feeling encouraged and with practical tips you can start to implement in your life. And even though I'm a therapist, this show is for educational purposes only. Information from the show is not a substitute for mental health treatment. All right, my friend, let's dig in. Awesome. Okay. I'm so excited to be here with Stephanie today. So Stephanie, tell me a little bit about well, first, share with me one of your favorite nuggets, a quote, a Bible verse that's really related to this topic that we're going to be talking about today, which is the, the integration or really the impact of nutrition and movement on our mental and our emotional health. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that I like is don't wait until you feel like acting. Act your way into feeling. Um, and I'm also going to add a a scripture from third John one, two, it says, dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. Even as your soul is getting along well. Mm. 
And so, and when I read that verse, I'm just struck in the all may go well. And we're talking about your good health as well as your soul health. And of course your spiritual health is in there, but it's, it's all of it. It's the whole package, body, soul, and spirit being well. And that's what we want for one another. And it's what we want for ourselves is that we would be in good health in all aspects of our lives. Mm, that's so amazing. I love that so much. Just make sure you guys jot down that, that verse. If you want to come back to that, I love that much. So tell us a little bit about why you're so passionate about this connection between nutrition and movement and mental and emotional health. Why is this so important to you? Yeah, I think that it's because it's so simple, but not easy. And I think that's where we get ourselves into trouble is that we can overcomplicate it. And then it's so overwhelming. We do nothing when in fact, there are some really simple things that we can do. Um, we just, sometimes they get drowned out because they seem so simple and they seem so little. We don't even realize that these small things done consistently done daily are going to have such a huge payoff. Um, and on the flip side of that, it's like sometimes those small things that we're not doing or, or that can be detrimental are the things that over time are building up to lead us down a, a bad path towards, you know, bad health or being in an isolated state or um, developing bad thinking patterns and all those things. So it's, it's those little things, it's those little dominoes and those little moments that are actually uh, steering us and into our trajectory for whatever the future is going to hold for us. And so I think we're dismissing some of those little things too much. And really we have the, the power to make such a big impact on our lives. And the other thing I would say I'm so passionate about is that, you know, a lot of times we're trying to control from the top down, from our, our brain, from our thinking, from our willpower. Um, and we want to focus on that part of it and not realizing that it's a whole package when it comes to our body, soul, spirit, and what one part does affects the others. And you can't necessarily necessarily like unwrap those when you think about the three-stranded cord or a triple helix in biology that's these three parts that are wound together and although we might want at times to try to separate those out into different buckets and sort everything out into a bucket and keep each bucket perfectly full and um, life's just too messy for that a lot of times and that's okay but it's just changing our mindset around it oh my gosh so good okay so so many different pieces that you just mentioned that I really want to just kind of repeat and make sure that people are hearing. So I feel like it's so valuable. So I love the mention that idea of there's these small, simple steps, but that they don't feel easy all the time. Right. And that mm -hmm. difference between they may be simple, but they may not feel easy. Um, and that you're not alone if these things don't feel easy to you. Right. Because I think sometimes that dialogue can start to happen where it's like, well, it's so simple. I should just be able to work out a couple of times. I should be able to just go outside and go for a walk, but it's not always that easy. So I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. And I think that idea too, that you mentioned around, we can overcomplicate things and then we get overwhelmed and then we don't do anything right? Which is mm -hmm. so much more negatively impacting on our health, whether that's mental health, physical health versus, okay, I'm going to choose these one or two really small things and just commit to these simple steps. 
and actually be taking action on those. I think that's so, so relevant. And so many people struggle with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things, you know, they think we're going to link to is there have been a lot of studies done on walking or exercise and how that relates to depression and mental health. Um, and studies that show that physical health is so positive, or sorry, physical exercise is so positively associated with our mental and emotional well-being. But what that doesn't mean is I have to go to the gym and work out for two hours a day, or I have to be on this like really extreme plan. I have to do a hit high intensity interval workout or a boot camp or any of those things that might be intimidating, or it might just be hard to fit in your schedule. It's like a lot of these studies have been done with just simple walking. And so, you know, going back to also that first point of, you know, not waiting till you feel like it, but act your way into feeling if you commit yourself to that daily walk or that little daily bit of whatever type of exercise it might be, if you have a, an indoor bike, um, or if it's yoga, that's so many free YouTube videos, um, to do stretching or something like that. Once you do it, you're going to feel better afterwards. Mm -hmm. Tell me so. Tell me if you were to say, if someone's over here and they're saying, okay, what's the minimum amount of time that I should do that to maybe feel some of that benefit? What, what would you say to that? And I'm totally putting you on the spot, but if you could mm -hmm. answer, if you could give a rough idea of how you would respond to that question. Yeah, that's a great question. And so one thing within, like from a research perspective, they are still studying like, okay, so what's the exact dose. That's the minimum effective dose to get those effects. That's something that they're still looking at. But another good thing to keep in mind is they have done research on the effects of exercise that show that three 10 minute sessions a day, or these mini workouts, mini sessions are as effective as one 30 minute. Mm. So as far as like the physical activity recommendations, like getting 150 minutes a weekend, that's a 30 minute workout five times a week. But then if you even need to break that down, that 30 minutes into three 10 minute sessions, and we're not talking either about like, oh my gosh, I have to change into gym clothes three times a day and get super sweaty and take three showers a day, but it's the getting the heart rate up. It's the walking, climbing some stairs, just doing something to give yourself that boost. And yeah. so just thinking about it more from that perspective, because the biggest problem is time, right? It's like, we're all too busy. We don't have like a bunch of extra time that we're looking to fill. So it's how can we work this in amongst everything else that we're doing rather than mm -hmm. make it a whole huge commitment that then it's real easy to talk ourselves out of it because there's work and there's family and there's friends and there's, you know, so many other things going on. Um, so yeah. it's, it's figuring out like how to just get that little bit in and remembering always that something is better than nothing. Cause it comes yeah, to that moment where so like, well, I can't do the whole thing. So I won't do anything at all. No, something is always better than nothing. Yeah. Okay. I love that you said that. And I think just on a personal note, like I've set the intention for myself that I like to move for at least 20 minutes a day. And so whether that's a 20 minute walk, some days, sometimes I go to the gym sometimes, right. But, but seeing what feels good for you. And I love that you said that you can break that down into these smaller pieces. And I've actually noticed too, that if I'm feeling tired or sluggish in the middle of the day, I actually really enjoy going for a very short 10, 15 minute walk. And I feel energized and that that's actually super helpful for me. 
And, and something too, I went to the gym with someone recently and I normally go alone and I normally only go for like, I kind of girl brain. I don't like, I can't stay there typically for more than an hour. I get pretty bored. So I like try to go in and like, and then get done pretty quickly. But I went and was just doing my workout. Um, and like I said, I'm typically in and out and you know, like I, for me, I, I like to see how does this fit into my life and me knowing, okay, I can go and be done within an hour and then move on with my day feels really good, but some people love going for longer than that. And so (laughs) if you see people on Instagram or wherever, and they're at the gym for two hours or whatever, it's okay. If you don't have the space in your schedule for that. And it's also okay if you don't necessarily want to do that right? Like finding what feels Mm -hmm. good for you and what's really going to be impactful and what you can really be consistent with too, I think is what I'm hearing from you. Yes, that's absolutely the the best thing. And like what you were saying about setting a minimum per day is 20 minutes. I feel better if I'm not um, working out super hard, like 90 minute workouts three times or four times a week. And then the other days I do nothing. And then I'm sore and then I'm like not moving around. Um, So when I can do at least a little bit every day, I feel better because one thing when it comes to health that I want to say too, is that I think at the end of the day, what we really want is we want to have good energy. We want to not hurt and not have aches and pains. And we want to feel comfortable in our own skin. That's really at the end of the day, like those are the three core things that we want and we're hoping to get out of health. Now, what gets a little mixed up along the way is we, you know, can see so much marketing and things that make us feel like, no, it's about appearance. It's about weight loss. It's about the number on the scale. It's about eating this perfect diet. Um, But really at the end of the day, I think all of those programs fail for, for the vast majority of people, because that's really not what we want. We don't really want to follow a program perfectly. We want to have energy. We want to feel good. Uh, and both from a physical perspective in terms of that, not aches and pains, um, but also in terms of, I feel confident in how I look as I'm walking around. And that's not about, um, that's not about the number on the scale. That's about how you feel as you honor and respect your body that is a temple of the Holy spirit. That's so, so good. Yeah. And I, that's something that actually has been coming up a lot lately, this idea of what, what am I striving for? Like, why, why do I feel like I need to work out or be active or eat healthy? And I think for a lot of people, like within the culture that we live in, like you said, with all right, like there's social media and like advertising and marketing and so much of that. I mean, I don't know the actual percentage, but it feels like the majority of that is not to have you be healthy. It's to have you get skinny or look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so what I'm hearing from you is like really setting that intention of these goals are so that I feel well so that I can live my life, enjoy my life, have energy, feel good in my skin. And right. Those are Mm -hmm. the intentions there versus like, Oh, you know, what, what marketing and advertising and literally every ad that we see anywhere is about. Yeah. It's really important because especially when it comes to like exercise and nutrition resources, like sometimes you have to, you know, as they say, like eat the meat and spit out the bones when they're telling you, yeah, do this. Cause you're going to be lean. 
routine and you're going to be, you know, six pack in your bikini and all that stuff and be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not what I'm about, but I'm going to, I need your eating advice. So I want to hear what you have to say. Um, but that's not why, because you know, when it comes to especially our mental health and emotional health, when we're tying that to become overly obsessed with our exercise routine or our nutrition and what we're eating, it can actually backfire, you know? So what we're talking about today is it's so true that some of these habits for being physically active, um, for watching your nutrition can affect in such a big way that you would feel better that you would have more energy, that you would have more mental clarity, um, that your emotional well-being would be better. But at the same time, you have to be careful because when you become overly obsessed with those things in the wrong way and for the wrong reason, it's going to have just the opposite effect on your mental yeah. health. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Tell me more about if just, just the knowledge and wisdom that you have related to that relationship of like nutrition and mental, emotional health, just anything else that you feel is really important for our listeners to know or to hear. Yeah. It's that going back to, again, like that, the energy, I think that's a big thing when we think about like our energy management as part of our wellness, and it's a bigger thing. It has to do with our time management has to do with our stress level. Um, but also what we eat has a huge effect effect on that. And where we can get ourselves into a cycle is we eat a really big meal and then we feel really sluggish trying to digest that meal. And then we have, you know, a, a latte or a caffeine, and then that shoots us up and it's full of sugar. And then we crash again. So then we're craving something else and we can put ourselves in this cycle. We're really, we're chasing energy, <laughs> but we're doing it with the wrong types of foods. And so again, back, back to the don't wait until you feel like acting, act your way into feeling, you're not probably going to feel like eating fish and broccoli. You're going to feel like eating the good stuff. But what you have to work past a little bit in your mind is not what feels good in the short term, but how am I going to feel in the long term? Because in the short term, the processed foods taste better because they've engineered them that way. You know, they're full of high fructose corn syrup, you know, the trans fats, the MSG, all the stuff that they put into food to make it uh, last longer, to be um, more cost effective from the food manufacturers end, and also to be addictive to us because we want those textures and those flavors um, and as those tastes, but it's only good in the short term. And then it creates those cravings in us where we just want more of it. Whereas eating the foods that you know in your mind to be right, even though you don't necessarily crave them, they don't necessarily sound good. After you eat them, you're going to feel better. You're going to have that sustained energy over time. Um, and the more that you can start to focus on, this is how I feel after I eat this versus this. Like there is such a good burger place here where I live in Texas, but I just realized when I eat that for lunch, I like have to take a nap. I'm worthless the rest of the afternoon. <laughs> So it's not worth it to eat in the middle of the day and then not be able to function well. And so each of us are different. You know, there are also a lot of food allergies and sensitivities out there that everybody doesn't have the same. Some people can eat bread. Some people, um, they may not have like a gluten allergy, but you might be sensitive to gluten. It might make you feel bad after you eat it. And so you have to be in tune with your own body to just know and observe um, and be your own <laughs> like patient that you would give advice to say, hey, when you eat this, you don't feel good later or you crave more of this later. 
And so you're just doing the right thing, not based on what feels good in the moment, but what's going to feel good later. And it sounds like a great first step, like you said, is just asking yourself after I eat this, how am I going to feel? Or even maybe a step before that is even just starting to pay attention after you eat something or after you have that coffee or after you have that whatever, asking yourself how to just checking in and asking, how do I feel right now? Right? Like how does this food or whatever it is make me feel? And just starting to bring some awareness around what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that first step really is just acknowledging that connection, yeah. that body, soul, spirit connection to say, Hey, this is going to affect uh, more than just me being, you know, needing to digest for a couple hours. Yeah. And I, I wanted to touch on something else you mentioned that I think is so powerful that I think in the online space, we do see so much of this top down approach, right? And so for anyone who doesn't know what a top down approach, that's like thinking about the head first. We, we go into our thoughts, we go into our mindset and see how we can impact that to then create these other changes Whereas something that you were mentioning and that is so powerful and I think so undervalued and underused, honestly, is the idea of these bottom up approaches or right acknowledging what can I like even before, you know, and there's power in both of these, but, but just saying it's so important for us to really think about like, what are these things that I can do for my body? that are going to positively impact my mental health without me even thinking about, okay, yes, I do need to look at my thoughts. I do need to look at all these things, but there's so much like sleep, nutrition, movement, all of these pieces that those hugely greatly impact our mental and emotional health. And I don't think we talk about that enough. No, I don't. And, and it's also because our hormones are really and truly very powerful. And what's happening in our body is so sometimes just trying um, to think your way out of something is just really overwhelming because what's going on in your body is very real. Um, And something else that they're doing a lot of research on and, you know, listeners may have heard the term gut brain axis and where they're talking about what happens in the gut and the microbiota in the, in the gut, like all these little microorganisms. It's not just that our brain is telling everything else in our body what to do. There's also things happening in our gut that sends signals to our central nervous system and other parts of our body. So it's more of this two-way communication um, than we even realize in so many ways. And so that's like also with deep breathing, so, you know, in basic biology, we learn that you have one system to bring you up. That's your fight or flight system. So if a wild dog is chasing you, your heart's beating faster, you're breathing faster, you're doing all these things so you can pump and move and the other ones to calm you down. Well, knowing that I can use my deep breathing to signal that nervous system response that's going to calm me down versus hype me up. And so just knowing more things about that, again, it's like, you're not waiting until you feel that way, or you feel like you can control your thoughts, but you're using your body in a positive way to help tell your mind what's going on, which is that, no, we're not in a fight or flight scenario. We don't have to be a terrified or stressed right now. We're okay. We're safe. And so, you know, through our breathing, through getting out and walking, um, we can help our body, soul, and spirit in that way too, from that direction. Yeah, that's so, so good. And I, 
I've been slowly making my way through this integrative mental health training and part of the treatment plan, like part of what you do and how you approach healing and wholeness and well-being is like looking at what are you eating? What does your sleep look like? What does movement look like? And even I posted on Instagram this morning that I woke up just having like an anxious energy, which happens sometimes. Mm -hmm. And those mornings when, when I'm in that space, I know that journaling myself out of it is just not, it's going to take forever. It may not even work when I'm in that space that I have to go and work out and sweat it out and move my body to get me into a different emotional state. Um, because sometimes, and I love that you mentioned that it's like some days we need to let's alter our thinking patterns. Let's use that, right. That work in our minds, but some days and in some moments we need to have those tools of like actually using our body or using, like you said, um, you know, deep breathing and those practices, because that's going to be more helpful in certain moments. So just kind of like building our, our tool belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I would say about walking as that comes up a lot is who's, who knows for sure at this point, is it the, the physical walking, or is it being outside in nature and connecting to that? Is it being in the sunlight and getting vitamin D because there's maybe a link between vitamin D and depressive symptoms. It's like, I don't know, you know, yet what exactly is it, or is it all of the above? And sometimes we need to just be really comfortable with that. Like, I don't know all of why it works, but it does work. And it may not just be one thing. Um, and so that's just, it's really important to, to keep in mind that we can also piggyback some of these things like, you know, going somewhere with a friend, if that's for a walk or it's to the gym, it's like having that relational connection at the same time that you're physically moving, um, or mm-hmm. if it's going for a walk and doing a walking meditation where you're, you know, treating your mind or you just decide to worship while you're walking. It just goes back into that. Sometimes those things can have such a positive compound effect and we don't need to know exactly why. And it doesn't have to be like a prescription, like for five minutes, I do this. And then for five minutes, I'll do that, you know, but it's just allowing ourselves to really recognize what is giving me life and life abundantly and what is draining me. Cause sometimes a lot of the things we feel like we have to do, or we're obligated to do are also just draining the life out of us. Yeah. Even if it's something like you mentioned, even if it's something that's good for us or that could be healthy, like even the thought of, you know, maybe for some people, like if I told myself I need to go to the gym for an hour, five days a week, that would feel so draining. That would feel so exhausting Mm -hmm. to even just think about for me. Um, and so like you said, just allowing that space and not making it seem, you know, so like such a requirement or so rigid and having that flexibility. And I love what you said too, about that, not, not necessarily knowing why the walking is so helpful. Um, and when, when you were saying that something that came to mind for me is that I've been trying to be really intentional about not bringing my phone out. I'll keep it in my fanny pack, but like, you know, not having it out while I'm going for a walk. And that could be another part of it is like, okay, that's 10 minutes where you're not looking at a screen, where you're not on social media, comparing yourself or right. So many, Mm -hmm. so many benefits to that. Yeah. 
I think it's really important that we give ourselves those mental breaks too. I've really noticed that with myself because I do so much work online. I can get so tempted to be like, you know, I can't waste any time because I could always be listening to a podcast or reading a blog or watching a YouTube to learn something more. Um, and I, and then, you know, I'm going for a walk, but my face is down in my phone picking the next podcast I need to listen to because I'm constantly dumping things into my brain, but not giving myself time to process maybe everything that I'm intaking um, or not just have a mental break sometimes. Like sometimes you need to just not be uh, how we think of being effective or efficient. It's like we need to allow ourselves that time to just be <laughs> sometimes and turning off the technology and the constant input is a major thing because we have to think not that long ago that wasn't even possible that we could be always consuming all this information all the time like we are now um, and so it's just giving yourself permission to not feel like you have to constantly be doing something that is quote unquote productive uh, so good and I I, I definitely have caught myself in that trap before where I'm literally listening to either an audiobook or a podcast all day. Like, right? Like anytime that I'm not working, I'm like listening to something else and consuming something else. And I think what you're saying is so powerful to set some type of boundary around, okay, after this time of night, I'm not going to consume anything or even maybe not until 8 a.m. or 7 a.m. or, you know, whatever, even just like moving 5% more towards having a little bit of that mental space. Cause like you said, our brains get so tired and don't have the time to process anything that's happening or, and then we wonder why we feel so disconnected from ourselves and like, we're not able to be present because we're not giving ourselves the space to like, just be here. Right. Cause we're constantly listening, learning, um, which, which is good, but, but having yeah. that space is so necessary. And it, it mimics so much on every level. Like physically, we are not meant to be awake all the time. We're meant to sleep a third of the day, um, or we're not meant to eat all the time. That's where a lot of our health issues are, are rising up in the U S and, and with Western eating habits, it's like you eat and then you give your body time to digest and absorb what was eaten. Uh, you work all day and then you give your body time to rest and recuperate. And so when it comes to soul and spirit and mental health and emotional health, you should do the mental work, the learning, the processing, the journaling, and the working on your thoughts and your habits. But then you also need to give yourself some time to digest it and absorb it. And so it's true. It's just true in every area. It's the same principle. Yeah, so powerful. Tell me, what do you think would be either a couple maybe insights or even just like top recommended tips or tools for people to walk away with? What are some things you'd share? Yeah, one, so a couple things. <laughs> one is have a long-term experimental mindset about yourself and your health. Mm. Because I think we too often try to just copy and paste a, an eating plan or an exercise program, and then it doesn't work. And then we're like, scratch it all. Let's start over. So rather than just trying to um, take what someone else is doing and force it into your life, think about it like a scientist would do an experiment where you try it out. You see what works well, what doesn't you take what was good 
And then you move forward to the next iteration and say, okay, this worked, the other stuff didn't work. So I'm now I'm going to try something new. Um, and that will help you break past the yo-yo cycle where you're on a plan and you're off a plan, you're on a plan, you're off a plan. It's just realizing that no plan is going to go perfectly as you expect it, but you can take what you learn and then you move on from there. And another big tip is that when it comes to changing your, especially your nutrition habits and exercise as well, you have to make time for it. There's just no way it's going to, to succeed unless you are setting aside the time and where the time comes with nutrition, it's meal planning, um, shopping, and then doing some prep. Because if you're waiting till that second, right before you eat, <laughs> and then you have to cook, if you're tired, if you're stressed, it's not going to happen. So that is one of the biggest, biggest factors to having your nutrition plan actually stick is just making that time for your meal prep. So you're not always doing it just right before. Um, another thing too, is be inspired, like inspire yourself for what you're doing. So that's another part of like the yo-yo cycle people get in sometimes is you're, you're gung-ho, you're reading the book, you're listening to the podcast, but then along the way you stop doing it. Um, and part of that also goes with the moderation. It goes with the some small consistent steps are better than going all in. And then it consumes so much of your life that you're like, this is unsustainable because I have too many other things to do. And then you back out of your program. Mm -hmm. But when you are, are being inspired continually by reading good things about nutrition, um, continuing to remind yourself of the advice of what you're doing and why you're doing it, that helps you keep in the forefront. And, and it's also when you are, are being inspired about, wow, um, and inspired and even warned about like, these will be the consequences if I don't make good health, health decisions and health choices. Um, it helps you to, to just focus not on everything um, that you're trying to control and what you're trying to not do through willpower, but what you're aiming for and the good things in that. So we need that constant reminder. That's and so good. One, yeah. The last thing I would say too um, is that finding that small step that you can take right now to do habit stacking it's like, that's really the key. If it's drinking enough water every day, if it's, I'm going to eat fruit for my snack instead of anything else. Um, if it's, I'm going to start with a healthy breakfast because that's when I'm starting. It just needs to be that one small thing. And then when you get that small thing, add something else. Is that what habit stacking so it, is? Yeah. It's like taking one habit, getting good with that one, and then adding another habit to it. And just preparing yourself in that way for it. Because what we tend to do when it comes to these habits is we, we try to implement a whole top-down program, start to finish everything. And that's, that's a hard thing. That's a lot of change to have to make. You know, when you're doing a new eating program and there's a bunch of new recipes that you're trying to do, it's like, well, then you're going to the store trying to find ingredients you don't have in your pantry. You're trying to make a new meal every night, which is mentally draining. And so it's just a lot altogether. So when you can start with that one small thing, that one little habit, it goes back to like, what may not seem like a lot will add up over time. That's so good. Yeah. And I, 
You made so many amazing points. And I think one of the biggest things that's standing out to me is just the power of the small steps that are going to be sustainable for you, right? Because if you start mm -hmm. small and, and get really consistent with one or two really, you know, more of the maybe what feels easier habits to create, how much better is that going to be versus like you said, you know, okay, I'm totally changing my diet. I'm going to work out for an hour, five days a week. Right. And people, you know, I think it's really easy to burn out when you do that and it just doesn't feel sustainable. So like just not underestimating the power of starting small, starting simple. Um, and I would encourage just like Stephanie said, like ask yourself and kind of sit here and maybe commit to over the next week, what is one small thing that I really want to work on and commit myself to, whether it's like you said, walking or, you know, anything else that we've mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'll tell you one story I heard on this that really impacted me was John Maxwell was sharing um, this analogy that if you have a tree that you need to cut down and you go out every day and you swing the ax five times and you hit the tree five times, eventually the tree's going to fall down. But that's not the approach that most of us take in life. But he was referencing his five daily habits and having these five things. Mm. Now, whether you have five daily habits for yourself or not, I think the major principle is that doing those small things consistently, but being really consistent is going to get you the same result versus yeah. furiously hacking at that tree and getting halfway done. And then your arms are burning and you are exhausted and you just give up. Yeah. And I think something you mentioned that's so important too, is reminding yourself of the why. And I love that you said too, continuing to inspire yourself because like we're human, we're, we're going to lose motivation. We're not always going to feel motivation. And I love your quote so much for that reason, where it's like people feel, sometimes it can feel like we need to feel motivated to do the things that are important to us. And it's like, no, we're human. We're not going to feel motivated all the time. We just need to create that discipline and have those simple habits that we're going to follow through on. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Well, any last words or encouragement or anything you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I think if there is one thing that is so simple it's don't underestimate the power of the walk, mm. that walk outside. I know that sounds like such a little thing, but in our culture, it's so easy for us to be inside all the day, to be in artificial light all the day, to be in front of technology. And there is just so much power in getting out in the fresh air and just a short daily walk. So I, if there was one challenge for everyone, it's do that for a week and see how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And like she said, See how you feel, right? right? Take the time to reflect and say, okay, I've been doing this once a day for a week. How do I feel now, right? Mentally, physically, energetically, right? How, how do I have to pass? Um, well, thank you so much for coming on, Stephanie. Thank you.
Hey, sweet friend, if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and hit that share button. Send this to a friend who you know would love this episode. And if you haven't already left a rating or a review, if you could head down and take just a minute to do that, it would mean so much to me. Not only does it fill up my cup to know what you are loving about the show and to see how it's serving you, but it also allows me to see what specific topics you're enjoying so that I can create more episodes that you are going to love. And leaving a rating and review also helps us reach more women. So if you head down, it'll take you just a minute and I would appreciate it so, so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for being here, for being a part of this community. I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon.